Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends and very distinguished listeners to Navigate with I.D., your business school on radio. Grateful to God for the gift of life, friends. Life is critical. You need it. We need it. I need it. You need it. And we need to be thankful. Thankful to God for keeping us alive and to make us continually shine in whatever endeavors we find ourselves. Friends, we've been looking at our business scope, which is about enterprise. And in the last episode, uh, which was on Tuesday, we looked at stretching into the domain of what we call the during phase of our marketing journey. Don't forget that we talked about the marketing journey being there's a before phase, which we dealt with extensively in, I would say, pretty much four to five um, episodes. And then we just kicked off the during phase where we are probably, you know, just scratching the surface. And we started with reaching prospects through advertising and the need for advertising and what advertising media does. In the last episode, I did say that advertising media is a vehicle you will use to reach your target market and to communicate your message. I said equally that a successful marketing campaign has to get three vital elements right. One is the market which is the target market you send your message to. Two is the message, which is a marketing message or offer. And three is the media. And that is the vehicle that you use to send your message to your target market. For example, radio, direct mail, telemarketing, the internet, TV, and so on and so forth. But before I go on very strongly into the topic of the day, which is really centered around reaching prospects with advertising, I'd like to do more like uh, breaking news and a pause to tell you all about our Ask ID series, which is coming up on Saturday. You remember, we have the Ask ID series that comes up every last Saturday of the month at 9 p.m. Here, you have an opportunity to ask questions and um, questions that are centered around the subject um, in view. So we will be talking about the intricacies that come through in the course of changing jobs or changing careers. And in all of this, we'll be looking at negotiation. A lot of people have challenges with negotiating their packages. There are also landmines in moving from one company or one role to the other. Are you aware of these landmines? And if you are in one, how do you get out? Many more you know, opportunities exist, but people do not even know how to take on these opportunities. Sometimes the opportunities come and they are frittered away simply because people don't understand the intricacies. So if you are in that transition for a job or your career, you must join this Saturday, 9 p.m., on Instagram, it's going to be a live Instagram live, and I'll be more than happy to host you. But if you want to send your questions ahead and you know you want this getting to me, just follow me on any of my social media handles at IDYENANG. That's my handle. And that's for LinkedIn, that goes across Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So send a DM with your question and please ensure that you give me a context to it, your name, and put that in because it's a direct message. Now, what have I done? I've basically brought to life what I was just speaking to you about. Um, and that's about a marketing campaign. It's about the market, it's about the message, and it's about the media. Using that Ask ID series as an example, the target market is really for those that are in their careers of career transition or job transition. What is the message? The message is really around knowing how to go through the landmines and how to negotiate your package. 
and the medium, of course, is Instagram. It's going to be Instagram Live, 9 p.m. Saturday. So, friends, I've just basically given you an example. So you need to hit all three of these to have a successful campaign. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you're going to probably see it's already on there. If you don't, then it means you'll pick it up on Facebook. And if you're not in any of the platforms where I am, then it means I will not be able to reach you. But it is specific and it is targeted. So in sending the right message to the right target market through the right media channel, one is able to deliver on all the elements to make a successful campaign. Are you a nano, micro, small, medium enterprise? Are you just starting a small side hustle? Are you just beginning the journey? Or you started the journey at about COVID? Do you know there were so many businesses that kicked off during COVID in 2020, during the lockdown? Where are most of those businesses today? I bet you maybe 75% have gone under. It was just for the moment. But they would have been able to sustain it. Why? Because they probably didn't know how to manage the underlying elements. And it is this type of framework that helps put things in context. And I did say in our previous episode that social media by definition is a form of media. That it is not a strategy. Today, I'm going to give you other forms, um, channels where you can drive reaching your prospects. Now, the time-tested fundamentals of marketing don't suddenly change just because a new type of media has come along. And you must know that it's not every medium that is right for your business. That is something you must carry totally. Every single medium has its own intricacies or spectacular um, scope, or I can call it idiosyncrasies. And social media is no exception. And there are some things you need to be aware of when it comes to social media. I know this was a tail part of our closure on Tuesday, just recapping and reiterating. Number one, it is not the ideal selling environment. I would like to think of social media as a social gathering or party. We have all been to gatherings where someone, perhaps a family member or friend, has been bitten by the multi-level marketing bug. If you have not been bitten by that bug in the past, sure you are in some way or the other. I don't want to start naming some of them, but these multi-level marketing guys, they get you in. I have been in it for time past and I've been you know, bullied sometimes, just suckered into it by some relative or friend or family. They'll hound you till the point where they just, they say, just start with this and just buy the products every month. This is what you need to put in or this is the amount of this you do, all kinds of things. But I tell you, that is exactly what it does. You know, when they start going into that working all the health benefits, the latest supplements, those portions, and all kinds. They just want to recruit others to sell. Sometimes it makes you uncomfortable because it makes you feel as if it's so pushy. And sometimes it can be inappropriate to be making or receiving a sales pitch. When you want some, to do some serious things, that's when somebody is telling you, come and buy a supplement. And they can hound you on social media. On WhatsApp, you can get hundreds and hundreds of messages. The good news is that I'm saying to you that social media is exactly the same. Overt selling and constant pitching of offers are generally considered poor behavior on social networks and can result in repelling people from your business rather than attracting them to it. However, just like a real-life social gathering, social media is a great place to create and extend relationships that can later turn into something commercial if there is a good fit. So I'm telling you it's about building whatever you have as content, whatever you have as your product, and you have a community and you convert that to cash. That's when it goes through that chain. But when you go straight into cash without looking at the idiosyncrasies of that particular medium, you will get people off. Not many people will be interested. 
And then there's something called the social proof. Social proof really comes because you're accessible and you are able to respond to criticism or praise and engaging with your customers at the same time. And it makes your prospects or customers feel like they are dealing with humans rather than a faceless corporation. I want you to remember that people buy from people. However, sometimes you could be distracted because you cannot afford to you know, go after every message, reply every message, everything that comes at you. Whatever has a good, there's also the downside. I did say in closing last time that there are two potential traps with social media. First, it can be a time suck. Just like I said, when you feel like you have to respond to every inane comment and it can take your time away. It can be a time waster. Taking you away from your genuine marketing task that can give you a far better return on time and money invested. Secondly, there's a question of ownership. Your social media page and profile is usually the property of the social network. It's not yours. So when you spend huge amounts of time and money building up a profile and audience on these networks, they end up building up their assets rather than your own. You may think that you're getting so many followers. Trust me, it's the guy that is hosting you that has it potentially. And he will easily just move all of those people. Whenever he decides to ship the new product, he takes over all that you have and puts it into one bag. And he is the one smiling, not just to the bank, he's able to leverage those assets. My preference, as much as possible, is to build and own my own marketing assets. What do I mean? Build and own your own website, your own blog, your own email list, and so on, so that you're driving from your own space. Then you can use social media simply as a way to drive traffic to these marketing assets. So social media should be a way of driving your audience and driving traffic to your own assets, not the other way around. Very many times, a lot of you, small business owners, are building so much on social media. The asset is not yours. The platform is not yours. Build your own asset. Now, let me give you what I'm saying. It's because if you own a house, for example, you can do anything you want with the house. But if you are a tenant, if you have to put in a nail and you have a contract, the landlord or the house owner will tell you before you put a nail into my wall, you need to take permission because the walls are made of X, Y, Z. Or perhaps the day you want to leave, you must return my house to the state in which you met it. So who owns the property? Is it you or it is the owner of the house? Definitely the owner of the house. So the time and effort that goes into renovating someone else's house, you know, rather than that of renovating your own and building your own, can actually be put into good use. So for me, my time and effort go into renovating my own house, rather than that of a landlord or a landowner or a house owner who can kick me out at any time, can just give me a quick notice. That's what it is, and that's what you can avoid as someone who is driving a micro or small enterprise. For example, if you look at Facebook, when you want to do this, for example, Facebook changes the policy on business pages. Now, previously, people liked your business Facebook page. You could reach this entire audience for free. So businesses spent a lot of time, money and effort getting people to like them on their Facebook page. Now, Facebook requires you to pay them each time you want to send a message to your entire audience. Do you see a role reversal? Otherwise, it only allows you to reach a small percentage. They give you this small squeaky window. But those who spend huge resources on building up a Facebook audience only to have the rug pulled out from under them, that came as a huge blow. This is exactly what I'm saying to you. This is one of the reasons, friends, why I would prefer to have 1,000 people on my own email list than 10,000 people who like my Facebook page. Strategic 
planners, media planners, marketers should know this. This is why you should look at, you know, getting some advice from a professional than just riding the tide because at the end, what matters is how you're able to milk the cow. And milking the cow is a function of value. If you don't know it, you don't know it. As always with any marketing strategy, it is vitally important to find out where your prospects hang out. And you would have to use the appropriate medium or media to get your message to them. Social media may or may not be one of those places they hang out. But many people don't get it. We get carried away. Every time I talk about this past uh, aspect, I've said that on this program, in my heydays as a brand manager or within the practice and experience of marketing, we would always look at the day in the life of our consumer, whatever brand, the day in the life of my customer, the end user. This morning, I was just having reflections before coming you know, uh, for this program. And I kind of looked at the particular product, which I cannot call the name here, which is something that you would just imagine, is this for the child or who would be the consumer in this case? Who consumes the product? Is it the child or the mother? And then sometimes you just realize that you need to get both. Now, the person that possibly eats it at the end of the day would be the child, but there's nothing that goes into the mouth of the baby or the child that the mother does not taste. So who really is the consumer? If mommy does not like the taste of it, mommy may not buy. But mommy may like it and then give it to the baby and the baby spits everything out. And each time mommy prepares it and likes it, and mommy then puts it in the mouth of the baby and baby begins to spit it out, mommy will be forced to condemn that container, that particular food. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So who really is the end user? So. So much for social media. Let's look at email marketing because we are talking about how we want to reach our prospects through the advertising media. Email marketing. Now, email is a direct personal way to engage your prospects and your customers. Now, thanks to the proliferation of smartphones and mobile devices, pretty much everyone has the email in their pocket or within easy reach. It's arm's reach. Now, when you build a database of email subscribers, it does play a central role in your online marketing strategy. Now, if a prominent part of your website should be given that email opt-in form, then it works. That would allow you to capture the email address of website visitors and it gives you the opportunity to nurture those visitors who may not be ready to buy immediately, but who are interested and want more information. So. The MailChimp, for instance, allows you to send out mails to your entire spectrum of um, audience. You know, you'll find that it is very critical because you provide information on a going basis. Now, I can tell you, not everybody tends to read their mails. But after a while, it depends on how you're able to structure it. Think about newspapers. What they do when the vendors are standing at the various corners, you know, we still have some vendors in some areas. These days, they become a lot more strategic. They get to bus stops and they lay out the paper. And all the papers are there. Some others in some areas still hold on to the traditional one, two, three, four papers, and they give you a dashboard. On the dashboard arranged by this vendor, you'll find the headlines. It is what sells. The headline sells. So you see the headline without reading the body copy, you are interested. That's the structure in which you can keep your email marketing you know, done. So take the headline, and the headline now attracts whoever is seeing it, and that person will ultimately make a move. And the move is, let me read and understand what this person is saying. At that point, you must ensure that your message is short, sharp, and to the point because not everybody is ready to read an epistle. Sometimes some email marketers do the unusual thing of listing, just giving a long 
me and people get tired. So I'll give you a rule of thumb. When you sit and you're putting down a meal, just think about reading it to someone. How many seconds does it take for someone to assimilate what you're saying and to have that person's concentration? So you can take it from the point of view of an ad. Typically, they'll tell you an ad can run for 60 minutes. You can have a documentary that can go for three, five minutes. When your documentary begins to go into 15 minutes, you're beginning to get into the space of a movie. So what is a typical space you may look at? Not more than three to five minutes. Now, I know it is written. So if I'm reading a piece and I just want the top line information, put it in the form that I would need about three minutes to get the message. By 120 seconds, two minutes, I've gotten the message. And if I need more, give me an option to click to find out more about it. That is now my curiosity driving me to find out more. And at that stage, I will be ready to read a lot more and to find out what more information about the subject matter. But never go beyond 60 to 120 seconds of writing time of reading time for someone who's just going to take the intro from email marketing email marketing gives us the ability to intelligently deal with interested prospects who may not be developed to the point of making a purchase decision remember we're talking about prospects who have been transited to the point where they make a decision now many of these prospects are always very crucial to fill in your pipeline of future sales. They are the people that have some flash of information about you. They may not buy now, but they are future sales um, opportunities or prospects. And what happens? By the time you are using this medium, by the time you bring that recall, it's all about imagery. They will recall that headline. And that headline will be what will come back to their senses and say, okay, I think I've seen this before. What are they saying now? And then the person comes in to see a refreshed message. And with that refreshed message comes something that may meet his or her point of query, question, challenge, or what you may call it. So if you do not capture these interested non-buyers, you would likely lose them forever. Your only hope would be that when they finally become ready to buy, they would remember, you know, not just your website, they will remember where you took them to amongst hundreds that they see every day. Listen, think about it. We are inundated with tons of messages every day. And for those of you that are on WhatsApp, now I'm not dealing with WhatsApp now, that's a story for another day. But think about the volume of information you consume. WhatsApp, email, Instagram, Facebook, only you. You visited very many countries. So if each of these platforms were countries, some of you have gone around the six continents in one day. That's why your brain is tired. That's why your brain, you're suffering from brain fag, brain fatigue, and it's fatigue of information. How much of this information do you use for yourself to make your life better? You'll find that you've just become a dumb site. And you need to filter. That's why it's important at the point of creating a lot of these opportunities as a business owner, you must wear the heart of your end user, your consumer, the purchaser, the customer, or whoever the potential buyer is. And email also enables you to maintain a close relationship with your customer base and it makes it easy to test and launch new products and services. Over time, as you build a relationship with your email subscribers, your database becomes an increasingly valuable marketing asset. Honestly, email marketing is a very strong source. It's a very highly um, responsive uh, medium that can be utilized because of your subscribers. They will practically do what they will be fed, they will be felt. And at the end of the day, it can enable them to produce cash on demand. And all it takes is for you to create a compelling offer. Remember, we talked about three things, the market, the message, and the medium. 
or media. Email marketing can actually deliver that for you. But if your message or offer is not compelling enough, what do you expect? And so, friends, it's a medium that can get you instant feedback about whether the offer is a hit or a miss. It's a great way of cheaply testing offers proud to investing in more expensive media, such as print or even pay-per-click advertising. So far, we can take in this first half. We'll be back in the second half. Don't go away. I hope you understand that this is your business school on radio, and we're looking at the business of enterprise. We'll be right back. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends. And just in case you're joining us, it's Navigate with ID. It's your business school on radio. And yours truly is privileged to have you listening. And just in case you tuned in to this beautiful station, just by sheer happenstance, I welcome you. We're looking at the business of enterprise. And we've been on this beautiful marketing journey. Um, what we are dedicating the quarter to help in support nano, micro, small, and medium enterprises on what they need to do differently for those who want to start what you may call a side hustle who really don't really know how to go about it. But this business school is meant to serve as a point to give you some practical yet professional advice and tooling to get you to the point where your business can be successful. Times are hard. We need to create a lot more opportunities for people to be able to rise above the tide and to go through the motions despite a very harsh economy, harsh environment, and harsher point of you know doing business. But nonetheless, tough times don't last. Only tough people do. Only tough people do. That's what Robert Schiller says, and I totally agree with him. So I bid you welcome as we have been looking at. A major crux of our, our part on this particular episode is about looking through how to reach prospects with advertising, using the advertising media. And we did indicate that a successful marketing campaign must have three vital elements, right? The market, the message, and the media. And we looked at social media in the first um, point as a recap and then stepped deeply into email marketing. We were just um, wrapping on email marketing before we know we had to take the break. And just before we took that break, we were saying to ourselves that it's important to note that the email enables and allows us to maintain a close relationship with our customers and also makes it easier for us to test and launch new products and services. And that over time, one is able to build a relationship with the subscribers, and then the database becomes an increasingly valuable marketing asset. And in the course of the discussions, I did say it is better for you to build and own your own marketing assets as against living on the platforms of others. So, for example, the social media page and profile that you put together is actually the property of the social network. It's not yours. So the day will come where they can switch, just like Facebook decided to switch tens and say to you, continue liking and liking. And many of you kept liking, promoting likes. And someday they turn around and change the policy and say, you cannot go beyond X. If you want to reach 100% of those who you consider to have liked you, you need to pay us. And so the tables get turned. And what happens? All your investments I'm just turned over. So I'll prefer to have 1,000 people on my own email list than 10,000 people who like some social media page and ultimately they can turn it and utilize it for themselves. Wisdom is profitable to direct. And so stepping into email marketing and trying to put a closure on it, it's important that you understand how you need to own this asset. It's an independent property, you know, and that could just be your own space. And in putting that, you must know that while whilst email is a powerful media, it does have its own few idiosyncrasies that you must be aware of. And some of them are 
I will highlight, I'll call them do's and don'ts when it comes to email. Number one, don't spam, S-P-A-M. There are strict rules about email marketing in most countries. You must understand that you can't approve to send spam mails. You must have the consent of the email recipient to send them marketing emails. That is why it's important you have an opt-in form on your website, and it's critical. You cannot just bombard people with stuff. No. Have the opt-in form. Let them use their own hands to say, I need this from you. So you'd go on some websites, and then you're interested in something they are putting together, whether it's the newsletter, they give you a flash, the headline. You find it very juicy, and you click on it. They'll tell you, well, for you to continue, just send us your email, give us your main email and where you are at. Boom, they've gathered something about you. It goes on the back end. So when they are shedding and throwing out their mailing list, you find yourself. So sometimes you're wondering, when did I, and where did I get this? But I can't remember. Hmm, bros, you did. You opted him, you filled the form, but you may not remember that at the back end, they have several other agreements that they will say to you, agree, consent. Many of us don't read any of those things. I'm not telling you that I read them. Almost all of us don't read. We just click OK. But by saying OK, they have several other uh, sites and areas that they will take, share the information to. So you find your email address becomes bombarded with all kinds. That's because you opted in somewhere. Now, never ever buy or compile list of email addresses where the recipients haven't explicitly requested to be emailed. And you know that there's a law. Now people about just gathering people's information and utilizing it. Not only is this very poor positioning, it puts you in the same category as farmers, and it's also illegal. Someday I'll be able to talk about this a lot more. One other thing you must note, you know, as an idiosyncrasy with email marketing is being human. Don't write an email like a robot or like you're writing a formal letter. No, it's a very personal medium. And even if you're the one sending the mail to thousands of your subscribers, write as though you are, you know, sending it to a single person. Let me read it and feel, you know, is that aspect we call personalization. Make it a bit informal, but let it be, you know, personal. And it's also good that you use a commercial email marketing system. Now, when you use your standard um, email, whether it's Gmail, Outlook, etc., um, if you use that, it's not necessarily great. You know, it is not great. It is not good for mass email marketing, to be honest with you. Those services are designed for one-to-one -one emails, not one-to-many. But some people do it. They just put a plug on it and they send to so many people. Now, you could get your account shut down or blacklisted if you start emailing people en masse from the usual standard email service. I mean, I'm talking Outlook, Gmail, and, and the rest. But there are commercial email marketing systems like ConvertKit, there's MailChimp and there's Active Campaign and the rest. Those ones are dedicated for this and they will make your life a lot easier because they are cheap and easy to use. Now, the great thing about using these services that is the commercial email marketing services that they automatically take care of a lot of the legal compliance for you because that's why they are set up. Things like having an unsubscribe option, and your contact details at the bottom of your marketing emails, they also work hard to bypass spam filters and ensure good deliverability. So you're more or less outsourcing your content and giving it to someone to manage for you. You are outsourcing your email marketing system and giving it to a commercial entity that will help you make it work. Now, one thing that I would say is you need to look at emailing regularly. If you rarely email your database, they'll start to go cold. I, I am guilty of this. And the reason I'm guilty of it is I like to personalize my mails to my audience. But truth be told, I don't have all the time. Because I write it and I have um, colleagues of mine within my um, 
office network who will pick it up. But the minute somebody, you know, moves on, the tendency is that you're not able to put this to bear consistently. And after a while, your audience gets cold. They don't get anything from you. They don't see you. Now, if it gets cold, then the point is that your database may of necessity get into a space of being a spammer. How? Your people may forget you and they can mark you as a spammer. I'm talking about the audience. So what's still the value of your key online marketing assets is beginning to decay. So you need to keep the relationship warm. Same way you are able to say good morning to your neighbor, good afternoon to your neighbor, good afternoon to your colleague, greetings to your audience. That's the same way you must, you know, utilize the email marketing because it's a serious idiosyncrasy that embeds in it to go cold. Don't go cold. And then you must also try as much as possible that you give value. You know, you must give your audience value. If you email your subscriber database only when you want them to, when you want to sell something, this will quickly get old and they'll quickly unsubscribe from your list. Something else, you know, that you need to do. Every healthy relationship is based on an exchange of value. What exactly are you doing differently? So ensure that the majority of your emails are not sales speeches, but rather something that creates value for your subscribers. Now, a good ratio is typically three to one. I would say three value-building emails for every offer email. So give them three value-building emails and then one offer email. That way you're balancing the tide. And that also speaks to why you need to get a commercial email marketing platform because of that automation. Those platforms allow you to set up sequences that automatically get email to your subscribers. And when they subscribe, you could have your email marketing platform automatically send them a welcome email. A day later, it could send them a value-packed email, helping them to better understand your products, the category, what you're doing, and how they could be interested. Three days later, it could send an email telling them more about you and your business. And one week later, you could invite them to schedule a phone call with you. And all this can be done on autopilot. An email marketing platform can be one of the best salespeople in your organization. Trust me, all you need is to get one solid individual to manage it. It will never take a sick day. It will never complain and never forget to follow up. All it just needs is infusion. That's it. You just need to infuse what you need and the stream begins to flow. But with email marketing, you have three challenges. Number one is getting your email delivered. You know, the typical thing, people change. They change their mail addresses and then you get stuff happening and they begin to bounce back. Number two, getting your email open. The best way to get your email open is to have a compelling subject line. I'd already said that to you. Think of the headline, like the newspaper. And the third challenge is getting your email read. Ooh, that is the big elephant in the room. Now, some people will tell you or advocate that you should keep your emails to subscribers short. In reality, the length, like I did tell you, of your email is secondary to their relevance and quality. So, like I did say, you must keep the content very compelling, make it a 60-second to maximum 120-second read that someone just looks at it in one, two minutes. And then if there's anything more, let there be a click that allows the person to go find out more. If you don't, you just put in so much, folks are going to walk away. Email is a very powerful and personal media channel. It allows you to create compelling campaigns with a high degree of automation. When done right, it can be a valuable part of both an online and offline media strategy. Friends, it is so important as we're looking at reaching prospects with advertising media. I know that very many of you that are about to start businesses and are even in businesses have never really looked at email marketing. 
you tend to waste a lot of your time and efforts trying to get on the band of social media. And by the way, I'm not condemning social media. I didn't say so. But I was just letting you see that each of these primary advertising media have their own idiosyncrasies. But very many people do not understand the nature of each one. And so because of popularity, because of the halo effect, a lot of people tend to go on the bandwagon. And when you go on the bandwagon, what you get is just the band and the jargon, not the wagon. Many people end up with band jargon because they just pick it up. It's like beer apologist. But what you do on Instagram, eh? You know they I make you enter now, you go to sell this your thing. And you too, you join the bandwagon, but because you don't understand the nature of that area, the environment, the idiosyncrasies, you are beginning to churn out jargon. And when you turn out jargons, people only look at you and they dismiss, then they block you. As many people as block you, you begin to realize that your content is either inadmissible, irrepressible, or somebody does not see it as something worth anyone's while. But what email marketing does, it comes in an interesting but intrusive part and gets you what you need to do. And it's on that same note, I want to talk about the concept of the snail mail. In an age where the internet, email, and social media play such huge roles in our personal and business communications, many have taken the view that postal mail or snail mail is all but dead. Not, nothing could be further from the truth. Especially in Nigeria, our post offices are gone. But do you know that I still get mails through my post office box? Do you know that we still get mails delivered to my home? I still get mail delivered to my house. So it means and the snail mail is there. Honestly, this was the way we used to get mails in the past. Very many of us are now very tech savvy. We've all grown up with the internet. And we've done all kinds. Despite this background, I tell you, outside of Nigeria, some other countries, like I lived in Kenya, I know that the snail mail was still very effective. As a matter of fact, I used to get my water bills um, from the snail mail when I lived in Kenya. My electricity bill will come, snail mail, and they'll deliver it for Isaac Gachanju, Lavington, Nairobi. And they have the box, the ones that they put. As a matter of fact, in Kenya, Nairobi, where I lived, it was a box that determined your address. Once they ask you box 230, everybody knows where that is, and they will be able to locate your place. Snail mail was it. And snail mail is still there. Now, it is one of the most important and underutilized forms of marketing media. When it comes to your media strategy, and I'm talking to people who may not have the opportunity to, you know, may, may not have the opportunity to be tech savvy. I'm just trying to be um, there for everyone. Now, if you're not tech savvy, don't blame me. But I'm saying there's an option that snail mail is not totally dead, where you can write a letter and put it and mail it. It will come through. But that's why it's called snail mail. So when it comes to your media strategy, you should understand that email doesn't re place postal mail it complements it so make sure that you can still send these same messages of yours by postal mail it is far far cheaper now email does one thing it delivers but this one you'll get it delivered to the house and to the place and then somebody's going to open it but then we both and all of the speed and efficiency of all things virtual it would be a mistake to underestimate the power of physical objects when it comes to moving people emotionally. And moving people emotionally towards a desired action is what marketing is all about. There is that bottom of the pyramid where they may not have access. Not everybody has a smartphone, but they want to do business. And what is one way they can also market their goods and services? So if you have a plumber, if you have a tailor, you have, and you cannot afford to advertise, you can still go and send snail mail. 
Now your question is, where do I post it? Look around you. There are still post offices. There are still places that take that on. Now I know that we have massive Korea firms. Those ones are going to be expensive. But I tell you, I don't know about you, but I'm saying to you that I still get mails. That's why I put it down. I still get mails coming through the post that are delivered to my house and are stamped even today. I still get that. So I'm putting it in there because there could be one person, two, ten, hundred out there who are listening to me and saying, I don't have a smartphone. I don't know how to go on an email. I don't have it. How do I advertise my business? You can use a snail mail approach. Now, another important point about the postal mail is that it has become significantly less cluttered over the past years. Clutter is the enemy of message that is cut through, and having a media or medium that has actually become less cluttered makes it even more compelling that people can just read. You know, more of um, the back end, you would have a lot of newsletters used to be sent by postal mail. And when they come, you just open it. They would have just attached a slip on it and you open it and it's addressed to you. You see your name, you get your address on it and you get it consistently every week. It would be nice for you to check whether that is applicable because don't rule anything out and say, this man or this thing is saying is above my head. I just thought I should mention this, friends, because postal mail still exists for that lovely audience at the bottom of the pyramid. Without a doubt, Postal Mail is a powerful media channel because not every city, when you go back into the suburban and the rural areas, people have to deliver messages somehow. And that's where snail mail works. You can use it, obviously, to build your business. Now, friends, after we've said all of this and done all of this, it's important to also look at and say to ourselves, what exactly happens and makes marketing sweet? It's a budget. Without money, there can be no marketing. So how can I have an unlimited marketing budget? There's no way you can discuss the subject of spending on media without discussing budget. Because when spending money on marketing, one of the following three things must occur. Number one, your marketing fails. In other words, you make less in profit than you spend on your marketing expense. Number two, you have no idea if your marketing was a success or a failure because you don't measure the results. Number three, your marketing succeeds. So it's either it fails, it succeeds, or you have no idea. But there's a simple course of action that will come. If your marketing consistently fails and loses you money, then stop and change what you are doing. Number two, if you don't measure your marketing results, that is just being plain stupid. I'm sorry, because with the technology that we have readily and cheaply available, you can do that. It's easier than ever to track your marketing results and return on investment. And I've given you several examples. But if you keep throwing money out there and you're not checking, you are the one. If your marketing is working and consistently giving you a positive return on investment, then you should crank it up and throw as much money as you can at it, knowing fully well that you'll get the returns. Because I know that small micro business owners, you know, one of the craziest things I see them do is that they don't set a marketing budget. They don't even have a marketing budget. They just allocate. But by setting a budget, you are implying that either your marketing must work, should work, or that you are drawing it as a percentage of your sales. So what is the net sales value? What are you putting? Marketing should be a percentage of what is coming through. How much are you dedicating to it? You can put that as your budget, as a rule of thumb. Is it 10% of your, your sales value? Is it 2%? Is it 5 I don't know. 
but that is how you determine what your budget will be. So you can now track that investment relative to the profit or, I beg your pardon, the returns. So, friends, this is one episode where reaching prospects with advertising media can be very challenging, but also it's a place where I need to ask you some parting questions. What if your largest customer leaves you for a competitor or what if they go out of business? What do you do? What if there's a change of government legislation and the product you currently offer gets outlawed or regulated into oblivion? What if your advertising costs rise dramatically? And what if your main strategy stops working? What do you do? All of these scenarios can and do happen. If you only rely on one, one thing, then you are leaving yourself in an exposed position. On this note, friends, I'd like to call it a wrap, but in calling it a wrap, I just want to put a, a reminder that this Saturday, July 29th, we'll be having our Ask ID series. It's a series that we put together. It's a live series on Instagram, 9 p.m. on Saturday, where I'll have the privilege to answer your questions. But the focus on Saturday will be on the intricacies of job transition or career change. What are those things that you need to look out? Many people are having challenges talking about how they need to negotiate the package, how to navigate landmines in the new job or the new role. If you have any of these kind of challenges, get ready to join me and hook up. My handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G, Saturday, 9 p.m. I will spend 60 minutes where you can have your questions come through. And by the grace of God, we'll try to prefer answers. And where we cannot, we'll always be kind enough to say we don't know. We'll go research and we'll come back and still pass the message to you so you can be free, better, and make the best of times. Friends, can't stop loving you guys. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.